0: Are
1: you working? What kind of work do you do? Uh. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. what is it you wanna do when you grow up? Hey yo, I'm gonna be a out That's my The Rockies see. went three and three this week. But there was a lot more going on than just a three-and-three three team over the course of a week on a 63-win ball club in the middle of September. Uh, Very interesting week, and we'll get into it. Uh, To my left is Marco Mamelin. I am Jake Shapiro. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Shepalicious. You can follow him on Twitter at Dr. Heckler. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Rocky Singery. Uh, We are RCSNY, the Rocky Singers Singers Podcast. This is episode 20. Uh, Some very good 20s in baseball history. We haven't yet climbed into the crazy numbers where really... Johan Flande might be uh, the best player to choose from. But uh, Johan Flande did get hurt in yesterday's ball game. We uh, got hit by a a batted ball. Yeah, hit by a batted ball. Uh, Speaking (laughs) of batted balls, by the way, I did want to bring this up uh, while we're uh, getting the 20s for you. Uh, Greg Bird right now, Colorado native, playing for the New York Yankees, first baseman filling in for Mark Teixeira, uh, is second in baseball in batted ball velocity since coming up. Uh, second to just Giancarlo Stanton. That's uh, actually really impressive. Like, yeah. I mean, if anything, that shows the guy may actually have some legit power. Yeah, Greg Bird can play, man. Uh, saw him play in high school. Uh, some 20s for you. Frank Robinson, Mike Schmidt. I don't think they wore 20. Did these guys wear 20? Miguel Cabrera wore 20. Yeah, Frank Robinson, Mike Schmidt, Don Sutton, Goose Gossage, Goss, Gosselin Miguel Cabrera wore, wore it when for one he was on the Marlins, year. Marlins right? for one yeah. year. For one year, uh, you have to go down a little bit. Luis Gonzalez wore it in his Diamondbacks career. Lou Brock. Lou Brock, uh, one of the worst years, trades in man. history of baseball. Uh, Jorge Posada <laughs> wore it his entire career. Borderline left to one year. For one year, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Dick Rope uh, wore it for one year as well. Uh, and uh, and the Uke. Kevin Uchlys, uke- one of the best Jewish baseball players ever. Oh yeah. Uh, but I think we'd have to go with uh, either Frank Frank Robinson Robinson or uh, Luis Gonzalez just because uh, more of our age demographic. Uh, Let's get into it. Uh, I think the number one thing I want to talk about this week, uh, well, I'll say this first before I want to get into that. Uh, I wrote a piece about Jorge De La Rosa that I wrote Tuesday that I knew was going to go up Wednesday, and Jorge was going to start Wednesday, so I I was timing it up so I knew uh when to release the article. Jorge was gonna pitch Wednesday. He pitched Wednesday, threw an eight inning complete game, allowed two earned runs. The Rockies lost two to nothing. That's why he only threw eight games in a complete game. Or eight innings in a complete game. He's done this twice in his career. His only two complete games have been eight inning complete games. Um, so that's really interesting to me. Jorge has really cemented himself this year as the greatest pitcher of all time. And, uh, in uh, in Rocky's history, history, of course, not the greatest (laughs) pitcher of all time. If you, uh, if you want to know my reasoning behind that, please go check my article out on rockysingers.com. Get it while, uh, while I'm still there. Uh, you have, uh, some other interesting things this week. Uh, Tuesday, you, uh... You had uh, the long one of the longest games in Rockies history. The Rockies played a 16-inning game, five hours and 23 minutes in Los Angeles. I watched every single pitch of it because I was writing my article Tuesday, and I was like, "All right, I'm going to turn this on in the background. I'm going to watch this game." Wait, how did know? you watch it without cable, though? Uh, don't uh, don't 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 put me in handcuffs. Let's oh. put it that way. Okay. Uh, So I uh, threw it up on my computer and started typing away, and uh, I got more progressively more interested as the game got progressively worse. Uh, This was one of the worst games I've ever watched. It was so bad. Uh, The teams used the most combined pitchers in Major League Baseball history. The Rockies used the most pitchers ever. uh, one team has ever used in Major League Baseball history. I think the Rockies used 26 people in the game, or 27 <laughs> people, which is the most people ever used in Major League history. Uh, Jason Gurka played right field for portion of the game because Carlos Gonzalez had to come out in the 16th injury due to an injury after Nolan Arenado hit the game-winning home run in the top of the 16th. Uh, Really crazy stuff happening in this game. Funny, And still, Carl Crawford could not get in for the Dodgers in this game, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, They're too stacked. You know? Matt Latos uh, gets DFA'd right after this game, too. Uh, if you don't believe me how crazy this game is, all you have to do is go check out the Fangraph's win percentage chart, uh, and then you'll believe me. The Rockies were up 3-1 to at one point in this game. Uh, it literally looks like someone 's heart monitor, yeah, it looks like someone that has a heart problems heart yeah. monitor uh, and uh the game was back and forth back and forth, each team really had a shot to win it time and time again, and uh you know it was a game that was painstakingly terrible to watch, uh but yeah, the, the Rockies, Rockies came out it on out. top, yeah. yep, so that was uh that was a fun one i uh, well there, i mean let 's go into it even more because. You know, the, it, it wasn't just all that I mentioned. There was almost a brawl in this game, too. Um you could have uh, any long-inning game. You want to make sure that you keep your energy high and you beat up. But, but well, right. But the brawl, I mean, who could have guessed? The brawl was like it was going to happen like the second or third inning. Who could have guessed that this game would have gone 16 innings? Uh, it happened because uh, I, I think it was Scott Van Slyke or Justin Turner, one of my guys that I actually like that most people, Rockies fans don't like, um, it's because one of those guys uh, tried to take out Nolan Arenado, who was turning a double play, who was in a shifted position. That's why he was turning that double play. Uh, so You don't go for our Nolan. You yeah, just don't do that. You can't go for Nolan. Um, and get away with it, at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so the, the game was so interesting on so many fronts. Uh, I, I ranked it as probably... The the third fourth third or fourth craziest Rockies game I watched uh, that I've watched every single pitch of right next to the Spilly Slam the San Diego twenty two inning one John Baker pitching for the Cubs last year um, but I mean even crazier it rained in L A during the game uh, that was crazy Rockies bring rain wherever they go you know uh, <laughs> yes they do that indeed Daniel Descalso got a pinch hit hit in the game Blackman robbed two two in a row two extra base Extra base hits in a row in the ninth inning. Uh, The Rockies' bullpen actually was pretty good. Like, this game was so crazy on so many different levels, uh, and I don't think anyone was happy that the game just kept going and going and going. Uh, Vin Sc- and I got to watch it with Vin Scully calling it too. So there are some fantastic quotes, like twelve innings in the book. It's not a bestseller yet, but we're headed to the 13. Uh, he was on he was on Fleek this game. Uh, Vin Scully was as he always. Yeah, is. he's he's phenomenal. Yeah, um, one of my favorites, one of everyone's favorites. I do do believe. Um, so. I, I really wanted to talk about that. Uh, uh, we'll probably have Adam on. We're going to have Adam on next week. He can join us this week. Uh, and, and he'll talk about that a little bit, too, because Adam's been a Rockies fan uh, uh, the entire time. We have two, but, or, or Marco has been two, but Adam's a little bit older than us, so he remembers a little bit more, so I wanted to get his uh, pick his brain on that a little bit. Uh, the Rockies uh, took two from San Diego this week, which cemented the fact they won't Lose a hundred games this year. They're up to sixty-three wins. Uh, Tom what a shame. <laughs> Tom Murphy got three hits uh, in the game Saturday. One was a home run, first career RBI. Had two in the game. Uh, Justin Morneau has had a good, good weekend. He's batting three oh three, three ninety five, four fifty five. His slash line since coming back off the DL. Uh, probably the last time you're seeing him in a Rockies jersey. Uh, this this here uh, last two weeks here. Uh, Kyle Parker I also wanted to talk about he's getting his first extended look has not looked good um, and uh, I did want to also throw this in before it gets too late in the podcast Nick Stevens is joining us uh, we've just found out so uh, Breaking news. Nolik at Nolik Stevens uh, will be joining us any second now and uh, we'll get back into the Rockies talk with just me and Marco uh, in a second here but uh, we're going to have Nick join us uh, so yeah we'll see you on the other side Joining us on Rocky Singery episode 20, uh our good friend from Purple Row, Nick Stevens uh from Utah, joining us. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Uh you can follow Nick on Twitter at Noick Stevens, N-L-C-K <laughs> uh Stevens, uh, one of the best Twitter usernames in the Rockies, Twitter race be Uh I first wanted to shout out to Nick because I saw that he was tweeting about uh the game Tuesday night. Uh, the 16-inning game, which we just talked about on the podcast. Uh, one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Uh, Nick writes for Purple Row. He's been paying attention. He writes the Rock Piles on Sunday mornings. Uh, Nick, how crazy was that game Tuesday night?
0: Uh, man, it was long. <laughs> um, I don't. I remember the 22-inning game. Um, I didn't watch that one. Actually, I kind of did. I woke up at like 3 in the morning to check the score, and it was like 19th like inning or something, and I was blown away, so the fact that I was able to tag along with this one a little more closely was pretty cool. Um, I remember the offense being extremely frustrating. Um, they are getting quick outs, and it was just, ugh, it was like the epitome of this long, drawn-out rocky season, um, just constantly boring and slow. And then obviously, Nolan of all people, it's the, <laughs> the game-winning home run because he pretty much does everything, but yeah, it was a long game, but I'm glad I stayed up for it, and it was, it was cool.
1: Yeah, Nolan's now one away from 40. Uh, you know, I think Purple Row found this stat for us that uh, that if Nolan and Cargo are able to put up 40 home run seasons, it'll be the first time since 2004 that that's been done. Cargo's three mm-hmm. away. They'd probably have to do it on this homestand. Uh, I, and I think Purple Row also found this, that uh, if Nolan Arenado does hit 40 home runs, it'll be the first time in the humidor that anyone does hit a 40 home run season in a Rockies uniform, mm-hmm. which, you know... Really surprising and really cool stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's weird because I look back at like you know June first when Cargo had like I don't know if he's a very accurate number he had like four home runs, and the fact that he's got what thirty said thirty seven he said thirty yeah thirty seven yeah it's mind blowing and it and it's it's tough because I mean it's it's good and bad because yeah we you know obviously we want to kind of rebuild at this point and his value is as high as it's been since. 2010, um, and, but at the same time, is it, you don't want to see him go either, but I mean, that's obviously the decisions that Bright's will be making this offseason, but I don't know, I, I obviously want Nolan here for for as long as he can be here, and I like Cargo to be here, but I guess it just depends on what what Brightish thinks, and if he thinks, you know, pitching is more of a necessity, or if we can still make a buy. which obviously we've shown that offense only does not win, um, so I guess that'll be interesting to kind of follow
1: and on that note of offense, uh, do you think that the Rockies should bring back Justin Morneau? No, they they have a nine million dollar mutual option and seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar buyout uh, for next year. What do you think they should do with Morneau?
0: That one, I'm I'm honestly kind of torn between. Um, it's got so many different pros and cons. Obviously, he's a 30, 35 I think, thirty four year old, um, you know, first baseman with the concussion issues and the neck issues. Um, my only concern is. We don't really have that many great options at first base, at least next year or the year after that. Um, I've been a big fan of trying to get Corey Dickerson to move over there because he obviously is not good at fielding and he's not very good at throwing. And so it's like first base would be great. Um, I, t- I have a hard time giving it a definitive answer just because I like Marnell's veteran presence. I like, he's obviously a solid hitter. He's in it for power. He's clutch. He does all of it. Um, but I think. Ultimately, that money would be better used elsewhere, especially for shooting for 2017. Um, I, I'll give Rosario and Parker and Paulson. I'll let them hold that over until 2017 until we figure out a better
1: option. Oh come on, uh, Justin Morneau, you can bring him back for the price of one Corral Grill. Yes, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, the Macaroni I, I, I Grill. Love, I love
0: Justin, I love Morneau, but I, I don't think it's worth the money.
1: Yeah, and especially if you're a fan of Corey Dickerson playing first base in the future, um, Justin Morneau obviously murders right-handed pitching, and that's what Corey Dickerson does best too, so you're kind of taking yep. an option away there. But uh, Kyle Parker was seen as kind of the replacement for Justin Morneau and has really struggled uh, yeah. since coming up. Uh, crazy to think that by F-war, uh, Kyle Parker's actually had the third-worst season in the Rockies, uh, for the Rockies this year behind Rafael Yanoa and Willian Rosario just above Brandon Barnes and Daniel Descalso. So, uh, you know, we haven't seen much from Kyle Parker, but uh, Ben Polson has been terrific, as you said, and uh, he's the guy who murders left, uh, right-handed pitching too as a left-handed bat. So, you know, you're kind of taking an option away from there. I, I think preferably we would have hoped that Justin Morneau would have killed, you know, left-handed pitching so that we could keep both Ben Polson and Justin Morneau and dump Willie and Rosario to the side. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely agree. I mean, I, I like Ben Paulson. He's obviously kind of going downhill age wise, but I mean, his, his production has been solid. He's not the greatest fielder ever, but I mean, if we're trying to bridge that gap for 2017, um, Ben Paulson's the guy he's cheap. He's not going to cost you any money. Um, even though willing Rosario in there, maybe try to trade one of them. That's one thing that Brightish is frustrating me with is He hasn't, from what I can tell tried to make any trade happen there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, just I'm, I'm factoring Paulson and regarding that time until we figure out what we want to do for 2017.
1: Yeah, you mentioned 2017, and I, I really do think 2017's the big year there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2017 is looking a lot brighter than 2016 at the moment, but the thing that has not looked bright for the Rockies this year has been the bullpen. And there, there's some bright spots in there, and there's some guys that have really had had uh, had – stretches where they were good and and then been really bad Uh, you wrote about John Axford he's been very good and very bad for some stretches Uh, but guys like Tommy Canely Christian Friedrich that that are a little bit younger that you know are going to be around for the future Um, and there's a big correlation between a, a, a good team and a good bullpen how important do you think it is that the Rockies build a bullpen and what do you suggest the Rockies can do to build a bullpen they do have some names in there that are younger But, uh, you know, we've seen going out and getting a guy for a three-year contract in Boone Logan uh, has not been a good plan of success for the Rockies. So
0: let me start out by bringing back, um, there was a little incident on Twitter where everyone was kind of arguing with some of the Denver Post guys about, um, you know, the bullpen being a priority over starters, over offense. And we, uh, I think it was Ryan and Eric from Purple Row, um, wrote an article together about why the bullpen isn't shouldn't be a first priority because there's obviously a lot more bigger issues, um, but it still is a priority for sure and it's something that needs to be addressed. Um, so yeah, as far as the bullpen goes, I'm a, a little higher on it than most people are. Obviously the numbers aren't great, um, but I, I've seen so many flashes of of some good you know pitching from these from these guys. Um, and I spent some time in Salt Lake when the Stokes came. Um, I talked with Rex Brothers and a couple of the bullpen guys and. Rex obviously struggled a bit to start, um, but when I saw him, he was consistently hitting 98, 99 numbers we hadn't seen in a while. He was still kind of wild, but he was using that to his advantage and getting more strikeouts. And I feel like he's he's been up with the Rockies a little bit um, this month, and he's still had some some command issues, but he's been able to get out of those big spots where he could be giving up runs, and it's it's definitely encouraging to see that. And then guys like, you know, Jairo Diaz, um, Justin Miller, uh, both Castro's, Miguel and Simone Castro, um, they've all shown, you know, the flashes of brilliance and things I'm really excited for. So, yeah, I, I don't think a bullpen is something you need to go out and spend, you know, $15 million on a, on a lefty or anything like that. Um, I think it's worth giving a shot to find those homegrown guys. And, yeah, it's just Boone Logan. The Boone Logan experience was not one to one to remember.
1: Uh, We're joined by Nick Stevens of uh, Purple Row. Uh, You can follow him on Twitter, at Nilik Stevens. And, uh, Nick, I do want to bring up, what what, what do you want to see from Jeff Breidich in the Rockies this offseason? Is there an area of importance, you think? Is there something they should target? Is there something you as a fan want to see, whether it's a splash or, or whether it's they call up a certain player or give someone else a shot for next year? Is there something specifically you want to see? What I
0: wanna see more than anything is just consistency. I feel like he's kinda he's he's hard to read. He's obviously said, that, you know, we're not for Tulos going nowhere and then um a month later Tulos traded to the Blue Jays. And I still not of that trade to be honest, simply because of Jose Reyes. But uh I wanna see I wanna see Jose Reyes gone. I will be extremely frustrated to see him playing with the Rockies next year. Um I wanna see I want to see better um, handling of guys like Eddie Butler, um, some of the new guys. I don't don't want to see Jeff Hoffman rushed. I don't want to see him most likely until 2017 at the earliest, And even that's somewhat of a shred. Um, And I, I just want to see him treat the minor league guys a little better. Not better personally, but, you know, calling them up when they need to be called up and not just calling them up to fill that spot. And Eddie Butler is a perfect example. I feel like that it's is just kind of a mess right now and it's frustrating because he's obviously got the stuff he just can't seem to harness it whatsoever and so i'll end start 2015 or 2015 2016 in triple a um i don't want to see him up back with the rockies until he can show us a good month or two at least of, of solid starts and some quality starts um and just yeah like that and as far as trades and free agents I I don't necessarily want to see any big splashes. I I do want to see them in 2017. I want to see him maybe at least try to find a um, a young starter um, to help the bolt, rent the bullpen, the rotation out. Um, you know, maybe fill any holes in the
1: in the offense. Um, but yeah, mostly it's 2017. I want everything to be focused around that year. Do you uh, do you think Tommy Murphy was rushed up because you mentioned that Eddie Butler was called up just kind of as an in need thing? Uh, the yeah. Rockies lose Nick Hundley for the year. Uh, M- Michael McHenry was also gone for the year. Dustin Garneau's up. Do you think Tom Murphy was rushed? The Rockies' top catching prospect.
0: I don't think he was. I mean, it's hard to tell. Obviously, he hit a home run. I think either last night or before. Um, and you know, it, it, it's too early to really say if he's you know having a hard time or not struggling. Uh, but no, I I don't think he was rushed. I think we obviously Hundley's got one more year left. And I feel like it's kind of the perfect way to ease him into is having a guy like Nick Hunley um kind of you know, easing him into it and kinda of showing him the ropes. And the reason why it's it's rough with Eddie Butler is the only veteran he's got to look to is, you know, Jorge de la Rosa. And Jorge seems like he's more of a, a quiet guy and I, I don't know how helpful he is with um with you know, the younger guys. I'm sure he's helpful, but I mean we need more more of guys for Eddie Butler to kinda of grow with and obviously John Gray, the guy he's kinda of coming up with. I feel like if John Gray gets that more experience, he can try to help Butler out more because so they're kind of on that same level. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as Tony Murphy goes, it's too early for me to say. I'm comfortable with, comfortable with it right now. But, I mean, I guess we'll kind of know through a, as the month goes on and early next year.
1: Yeah, uh, just one last question for you, a little bit of a, a joke question. But, like, wow, what's it like living in Utah, and what made you pick the Rockies as your team that you follow? <laughs> okay, well,
0: I was – um, raised in Denver until I was about 11, I think. And then my parents, my stepdad got a job out in Utah. Um, so obviously we moved out here. So I was kind of a Rockies fan, you know, obviously as much as it can be as an 11-year-old. Um, but then it was the month before 2000, or September 2017, my dad and I were kind of just keeping an eye on it. The Rockies were nine games out, nothing too crazy. Um, and then that run kind of started, and that's kind of when it caught my eye. I was 13 or 14. I was still pretty pretty young. And I watched the tiebreaker game from my basement, and it was the coolest thing ever. And then um, went to opening day, 2008. That was, like, the worst game ever. They got blown out by Diamondbacks. And then 2009 is what really, you know, sucked me in when they made that other playoff run. And fortunately, I've been hooked ever since.
1: Marco Light, I got one more question. We've been asking this to every guest. Uh, Franchise four, who you got?
0: Oh, gosh. I'm super um, indecisive with that one. Larry Walker. Larry Walker for sure. Todd Hilton for sure. Uh, You got to throw Tulo in there. It's too hard to not put Tulo in there. And then the fourth one. um, So I met Ubaldo back when he was in minor leagues and I got his autograph. And so ever since I met Ubaldo, I've just been a huge fan of him. Obviously, he wasn't here for that long, but he pretty much did something that no other pitcher has done in pure field in Rocky's history, and was like an absolute dominant ace. So just for that reason, I, I throw him in my top four.
1: Okay, not a bad selection. I personally do the same thing but with Jorge De La Rosa. So.
0: That makes sense.
1: Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Nalik Stevens, NLCK Stevens. Uh, you can follow his work on Purple Row, Uh spectacular read, one of my favorites. Uh, or else we wouldn't have him on if I didn't like him. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, he's not the quarterback for the CSU Rams.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't get confused.
1: Uh, Cam is dead. Long live Ralphie. Uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll, we'll uh, have Nick on once again probably in the offseason or coming soon, and uh, thanks for joining us, Nick.
0: Great, guys. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, take care.
1: That's going to do it for the 20th edition of RCSNY with uh, Ritz Cooks, Billboards, Nagle, and Young, the Rocky Singery pod- yeah, Podcast. You can follow us on RockyZingers.com slash RockySingery, the RockySingery tab. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, SoundCloud, Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we hope you keep listening, even though this is a terrible baseball team. And uh We'll uh, talk to you next week. See you then. Come to laughing at the heart of a humble blood. And I can hear the drum. She's so wobbly, but I'm so in love with her. Roll out of bed, throw some roll on roll up to the city. It's got to hold on me. And I'm going to chase that feeling. chase that feeling. Hello. Hey, Nick. It's Jake. Hey, what's up? You can hear me all good? Yeah, you sound good. All right, cool. You too.